Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's podcast episode is going to be on the myth of perfection. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Eric. Hello, everyone else. So, Jeff, the myth of perfection. I always thought I could be perfect. Am I off my rocker? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about the uh, the myth of perfection. Well, no, you're not off your rocker because we all try to do that. But what we want to talk about today is when we talk about perfection, we're not talking about trying to be good, to try to be the best you can, to do the best job you could, to be the best whatever. What we're going to talk about today is what happens when it's not perfect, when you don't Mm. make the perfect decision or complete the task perfectly, because in the real world, that is what's happening. So So what you're saying in some ways for people like me who I'm a recovering perfectionist (laughs) is that I should always do my best. I'd always try, strive to get better every day, but I'm not going to attain perfection. So I've got to have some perspective when things don't quote work out. That's exactly right. We spend a lot of time trying to be perfect, but we don't take the time to learn from when we don't. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go through. Okay. All right. So um, common things, uh, I, I imagine there's a lot of things, uh, if I can get my words out, that to self-talk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when those things don't go the way that we expected or wanted. Maybe lacking something that we've talked about before off air is self empathy, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, could you talk a little bit about that self talk stuff? When something doesn't go right, we tend to replay it in our head, spend a lot of time, the you know, coulda, woulda, shouldas. Yeah. uh, 
uh, one of the ladies we work with, Lynette, which people might have heard on one of the other podcasts. Right. She, she says you get a case of the shouldas or you <laughs> should good. on yourself. <laughs> um, That's good. But we spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, which is a waste of time, obviously. It's a waste of intellectual energy. It's a waste of emotional energy. And it's really taking you away from what you're trying to achieve, which is to do a good job. So I would imagine that there's positive self-talk around when things don't go the way that you expected. And then there's the negative kind of what you just alluded to. So can you maybe give some examples of positive self-talk and then maybe a little bit more on the negative self-talk? Well, first, we're not very good at the positive self-talk. I don't think. I would uh, speaking agree with for that. myself, and I'd you know, with talking that. with other people, that we don't do a good job, so we're not as practiced at it. We just don't. So, uh, you know, positive self-talk would be something like, "Yeah, you did a good job. You, you know, you were speaking in front of people, and you could see on their faces that they were connecting with you." A negative self-talk would that could be, "I mispronounced a word." in this talk and you dwell on that one word maybe that you put in wrong or didn't say right or just didn't something come out of your mouth the way you wanted and you dwell on that but that really didn't take away from what you were trying to to convey to the people that they got your message and they didn't really care that you messed up that little bit so that's what we want to talk about spend mm -hmm. the time thinking about wow i i got to someone or if you're a musician when you're, mm -hmm. when you're playing an instrument or you're singing in a band and you feel that connection with the, the audience, if you make, if you play a wrong note, one, they're probably not going to notice unless they're sitting there with the sheet music and you can read sheet music and know <laughs> right. what it's supposed to sound like. Right. You know, sometimes you can really throw a big clinker in there, which I've done. But if you play that wrong note and that's all you think about, but if you think about Wow, they enjoyed it. And I know I'm, I just realized I just stole what we were talking about a few minutes ago, but. No, that's fine. That's but fine. I, you, you have a story to share about that too. Well, I, I think of it, I mean, music is a great example, uh, especially for Jeff and I, because we're both musicians and, and there's so many life lessons around music, especially in the performing of it and, and, and knowing it and whatnot. The one thing that really strikes me is that Anytime I've ever gone to see somebody perform, I'd never went in going, well, I'm going to make sure that they hit the high note there. <laughs> they better hit that B flat seventh or I'm out of here. I always went because I wanted the connection. I, I, I was always there because I, I how that artist made me feel. And I think sometimes, you know, somebody say, oh, well, that's different because it's music and it's performance and it's, you know, bright lights and all that. But I, I think that applies in life in general, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says, you know what, I'm going to find a way to see how many times so-and-so makes a mistake <laughs> today. We don't do that to other people, but we do it to ourselves. Ah, <laughs> that's where it gets interesting, doesn't it? Yes. Because, Jeff, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot, uh, because mm -hmm. if you answered this question completely and succinctly, <laughs> you're probably going to be out of here making billions of dollars. <laughs> but, so why do you think that is? Why do you think we're the first to, to, to critique ourselves and, 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 and call out all the things that we didn't do well? We're living in our own head. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we've been taught. You know, people tend to dwell on that. Like if, you know, I have so much respect for teachers, but there's also some teachers out there that they dwell on the mistakes a student makes. And it's whether it's a, you know, academic teacher, a music teacher, right? somebody training you, you're, 
a lot of people go to that. It didn't go right. Uh, in, in my old career, I did a lot of field training with technicians and I had to learn, you know, if they were making a mistake, not to dwell on the mistake, but to dwell on, okay, this happened. I probably did the same thing when I was learning, but mm-hmm. here's here's what we should be doing, and here's how to move ahead with it. We're just not taught that. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I know of people, and I'm sure I could find even in the you know the the deep dark past of time, you know, where you heard a parent say or not say something, and in living in your own head, you, your interpretation went one way or the other, and that stuff lasts. Now. I'm sure if we had a psychologist on today, a clinical psychologist or whatnot, they would probably be able to define it as some specific thing. But we're not psychologists, so (laughs) we're going at it from just the life experience perspective. And I I do believe that um, we talked about this once in another episode about uh, neural pathways Mm -hmm. and how those can be developed, new neural pathways, which might potentially help someone who maybe is in that place of, Negative self-talk, you know, a constant criticism of, of themselves. Yeah. Uh, would you would you agree with that? Or, I mean, yeah, very much. Uh, a neural pathway is just an easy way for your brain to to uh, respond to something. Mm-hmm. So when something goes wrong, you've got that neural pathway developed. That's where it's going to go. Instead of stopping for a second, which we talked about that six second pause, you know, to yep. get things under control, the feeling of messing up. You know, you could say put a lot of names to it. It's an emotion, mm-hmm. just like any of the other emotions we've talked about. Yeah. So if you can take that that little bit of time to get it back under control and respond instead of react, which we've talked about before too. Yeah, and I uh, I think uh, Jeff, I mean, it kind of goes back into you know the idea that when things happen, and as you alluded to, you know, that six seconds of of when everything is just on fire, if we take that time we can go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I, I put such an emphasis when we're out talking to businesses and, and individuals that you have got to be willing to practice. Mm-hmm. You've got to, if, if you're going to develop a neural pathway, you can't develop it today and then just put it on the shelf and expect that it's magically going to start working or start Correct. happening, right? Exactly. Um, you've got to practice it and practice it every day. And the beautiful part is, and I, Jeff, I think you would agree with me, is that you will get to a place where it's a new pathway. Yes. Right? Yes, but you always have to be careful. That old pathway is still there. <laughs> Thank so. you for mentioning that. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I know we're, we're getting maybe a little off, of, no. but, but with the perfection thing, but when you talk about that old neural pathway still there, so mm-hmm. you can't kill those off. No. You can't just obliterate them. Is it a case of managing again? Um, yeah. When that old neural pathway comes up, is that how that works? Is that yeah, one way? It's or? to recognize the pattern. Okay. I'm, I'm doing it again. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up about it because that goes against what we're talking about, yeah. but just be aware that, okay, I, I went back into that habit that, doesn't do me any good. And that's one of the competencies inside uh, of, uh, of the emotional intelligence model we use is <laughs> the know yourself is recognizing patterns, that's, right? That's a very big part of it. And to be able to have, be self-aware to be able to do that. And that's, that's practice too. Yeah. There's a, a lady, her name is Jeannie Robertson that mm-hmm. I love listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not a 
motivational speaker. She's not a comedian, but she is. One of the things that I really relate to her about is how you use your sense of humor when something doesn't go right. And the more I've been thinking about it, that's her way of taking that six seconds pause is to go, okay, I got to laugh about that, you know? Right. I'm not saying everything, you know, that doesn't fit everything, but for a lot of things you go, wow, that was, yeah, I got to laugh. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you see the humor in it and go from there. That's just one way. And that fits how I look at life. Yeah, that's great, Jeff. And I, I think, I know even for me personally, the true benefit of the emotional intelligence work that we do, and again, I'm speaking selfishly, was that part about recognizing patterns. Because the ability to take a situation or an event and go, okay, I know what happened. I know what land I'm walking on. And I know I have a choice here as to how I'm going to respond or react to it. And I can look back in time, way before I knew you and was involved with Spirit of EQ, where I could have something that didn't go well, that didn't hit my perfection uh, pursuit. And it would take me a good day, day and a half to just let it go. That's a lot of time that I'm never going to get back, by the mm-hmm. way, right? And now when I think about it, and I think about an event that happened yesterday, and I'm going, it happened, um, and I had the conversation, and it, it stayed with me for maybe about five minutes. And then I just said, I know what I need to do. I need to just let it go. It's, it's not something for me to carry on. And it, and it was gone. Yeah, it's amazing how much... When something like that hijacks your brain. That's a great way of putting it. How much it's taking away from everything else. You're, you're not going to be very good at anything else going on because that, that process is just going inside. You and I were involved in, in something that I had yesterday. <laughs> it's a good thing, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, we are laughing right now. <laughs> uh, Eric and I were doing a, uh, a virtual training mm-hmm. for uh, for Spirit of EQ about our spiritual emotional intelligence assessment, and I was the the keeper of the PowerPoint on this Zoom meeting that we were doing. And some way, well, I know exactly what happened. I won't bore you with those details. I pulled up a PowerPoint from a webinar that we did that the first four or five slides look exactly the same. And Eric and I were all prepared. We had everything. You know, we had the note pages for the yep. PowerPoint and who's going to hand off to what. Did the dry run. Did the that. dry run. <laughs> and after about four slides, <laughs> what the heck happened? Because none of this is matching. And, you know, we're in the middle of it. And I finally figured it out. And yeah, I was, I was upset about it, but it happened. Yeah. And then, yeah. I don't know, Eric, if you want to maybe share what oh, you heard oh, from some of the participants. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good because the responses from the, uh, the participants was very positive and, and I'm going to allude to those, but I can't help it. You guys uh, out there in the audience, you probably don't know, but Jeff is tired of hearing about it because I always bring up Miles Davis. He's like in every analogy, and, and, and Jeff rolls his eyes every time I do. Well, and I say Neil Pert from All right, so Rush. Fair, fair, fair play. <laughs> when we're on this webinar, and I didn't tell you this, uh, on this uh, class, and this was happening, and I, my notes weren't matching up, and I'm... And then Jeff's asking me to, you know, Je- uh, you're going to take the next one. And, and I'm going, but I, my notes aren't matching up. What, okay. What do I got to say? And I did think, okay, now what would Miles do? <laughs> and Miles being the improvisational jazz legend, right? 
and and there is this story, and it just it just come to me that um, Herbie Hancock, who was a, a, a famous a, just a virtuoso pianist, right, uh, played with Miles, and it was he hadn't been playing with him for very long, right, and they were on tour in Europe, and they're going through this particular number, and Herbie Hancock messed up. Now imagine you're you're on stage in a sold out theater or arena. And you're playing with Miles Davis and you messed up. And he, he thought to himself, Oh my gosh. Cause Miles was never known to be a very kind, generous man. Mm-hmm. But what Miles did is that he followed Herbie Hancock's mistake and they went down a different pathway. Never heard a word from Miles about why did you screw up? What happened there? Blah, blah, blah. Because that was the kind of musician and artist he was. And I just, I think about that and I transfer that to life. And that's what it with yesterday. But anyway, enough of that analogy. The participants from the class were, they were very pleased. They were very pleased about the content, about where we were going with it and things like looking forward to the next class. But Jeff, what I would like to do is ask the audience to think for a moment. What do you think Jeff and I would have been like if today we're still going, I should have done this. I should have done that. Why didn't I do this? And it could even go when you think about a team perspective, right? Mm-hmm. What if What if Jeff says, well, Eric should have known, and he should have provided me another PowerPoint while we were doing the – and if I went, well, gee, Jeff, I mean, I look bad in front of those people. <laughs> you see guys out there how that can kind of morph messing up the team dynamic and also losing that precious time that you have when the audience, quite frankly, though – they maybe wouldn't give us an A yesterday, but it's not like they sent us emails saying, I want a refund. I am no. not coming back. Jeff, as, as where we're at, um, I, I want to touch on one thing, uh, and then I want to give you the opportunity to give the audience some, some, some takeaways for the for future going forward. And it's the ideal of self-empathy. Most people, when they think about empathy, they think about what you give to someone else who's Correct. going through something, right? right. The, the walking in their shoes, per se. But talk a little bit about self-empathy. It's a concept that people don't think about. When I do a debrief on the, the assessment, main assessment that we use, mm-hmm. we get to empathy, and a lot of people will show a high level of empathy, but they've never thought about giving it to themselves. And that is what we're talking about today. When something doesn't go right, what do you do with it? Giving yourself some self-empathy that's that self-talk. Self-empathy is not going to have that negative self-talk. It's going to have the positive self-talk. It's going to be, okay, yeah, you messed that up. You know what you did. It's probably not going to happen again, but you're still human, and you're allowed. As we go into the segue, I remember a former business associate told me once, he said one of the first things that he tells any customer, new customer, he tells them, there's one thing I can guarantee you. I'm going to make a mistake. And I just love that because it just it illustrates that nobody's perfect mm-hmm. and no situation is going to be perfect every time. I can remember back in, in my previous uh, career, I was responsible for overseeing a, a pretty intense part of our service, which dealt with food manufacturing, food places like that. And they have very strict guidelines. Mm, I bet. And they have logbooks for the service we did. And I can remember losing five points from a logbook that had a piece of paper in it that was from a previous company. 
I can remember – actually, this was in Baltimore, Maryland, and I can remember the seven-hour drive back about being upset about losing the five points. Wow. Because, you know, I wanted, you know, our total possible score to be a 200, and we got a 195. And But then I got three or four emails from my contact there, from his manager and from a corporate manager thanking us for getting a 195. <laughs> Wow. Because nobody's even come close. Another indication <laughs> about how precious our time is. <laughs> yes. And, and it doesn't, it shouldn't be wasted on beating ourselves up. So there was seven hours of that coming oh, back wow. from Baltimore. Wow. All right, Jeff. So what are some things that could be good takeaways, good tips for, for the audience uh, going forward in this, this area of the myth of perfection? Okay. Well, this, this is, this is your action plan. So when something doesn't go right, what did you do? What was your first reaction? What did you think? What did you learn from it? And what's next? Did you give yourself some of that self-empathy mm-hmm. to move ahead? Because if you're not giving yourself empathy and you're only dwelling on that negative part of it, you're not going to move ahead. You can't move forward as long as you're in that, I screwed up, I'm a bad person, bad whatever frame of mind. So give yourself that empathy and learn from it and move ahead. And as we get to the end here, I, I would just tell everyone out there that um, there are tons of resources on our website that you can take advantage of. And we truly uh, would be desirous of you uh, reaching out to us directly if you have questions. Um, Jeff, is there some other all, other ways, too, that people can reach out or can get information? Well, they can go to our website. Another website that has a lot of information is the Six Second website. Okay. Um, what, that, what is the URL for that? It's just sixseconds.org, right? Right. Yeah. That's the company we're preferred part of. Or you can of. obviously do a search, Google, yeah. Bing, or whatever. Um, there's those kind of resources. Okay. And also another good way to get some more information is if this is your first podcast, go back and listen to our other ones. There's yeah. a, a lot of what we talked about we go into a lot more detail in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, this has been a great episode of Enjoy the Time. Good to see you again. All right. Take care. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. And my email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... 
reviews on all of the platforms wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.